Mr. John Williamson is on the phone. How are you, John? I'm uh, good, mate. Who am I talking to? You're talking to Phil C. from uh, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie Flashbacks. Oh, hi, Phil. How are you, mate? Oh, very good, mate. Very, very good. I've got to tell you, my listeners are thrilled to have you on the phone. Thank you so much for your lovely wife, Meg, for teeing it all up for us. How have you been? Oh, good. We just come down to the Gold Coast, walked on the beach, and I'm feeling pretty relaxed, actually. (laughs) Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Oh, well, I'm glad you're able to uh, take some time for us, mate. I really appreciate it. It's an absolute pleasure for my listeners, and it's a real honour for me. I've got to tell you, I've been a huge fan of yours. Probably from oh, about, so. yeah, mate, I, I first discovered your music with, uh, when I used to listen to the Lawsy show, with Mally Boy. I didn't I didn't really know much about you other than the um, old man emu prior to that, but once I discovered your stuff, I just fell in love with your music and I've got your entire playlist. And no, I, I understand, I, I didn't really write much good songs until Mally Boy days anyway. It was Old Man Emu. I was a one-hit screamer for about 16 years. <laughs> well, look, Old Man Emu, as I understand it, and I do want to ask you to confirm, because that really was your only hit for a long, long time. And I, and I read there when I was doing a bit of research that you had to actually play that song like two or three times in a gig. Is that right? Because it was really the only thing you uh, had. But, but no, no, uh, you haven't quite got that right. I was, um, I was still a farmer in Moree. You know, Northern Maury, Cropper Creek. Yep. And I used to sing at a little coffee lounge just for fun. Or, you know, they sang around else's stuff. And I wrote Old Man Emu. It was the first time I ever wrote it. Yep. And I performed it in a, in a, uh, in a restaurant at the back of the Imperial Hotel in Maury. And it was called the, eight, the 1080. No, sorry, it was called. <laughs> It was called the 1810 restaurant, and everyone used to call it the 1080 restaurant. Yep. Because, uh, because that, that, you know, is a bit of a joke. Okay. Being, uh, being a poison, you know. But anyway, um, when I sang Old Man Emu, I had to sing it twice more. So I, I realised straight away that I had something. I, I've never had to sing anything three times in a row ever since. Yeah, okay. And uh, so that encouraged me to go down to Melbourne, you know, because I knew Melbourne, because we came from Victoria recently. So, uh, I went to school in Melbourne, and I went down there, went on new faces, and that's where it all started. Absolutely. 1970. Back in 1970. And then, of course, the rest is history. You've just written hit after hit after hit. You've, you, you've got 52 albums to your credit. That's an unbelievable feat. <laughs> yeah, well, they're not all original, um, you know, not all studio albums. A few live albums. Yes. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but. But there's compilations and all sorts of stuff, you know. That's but, great. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, we did we done did one with the symphony orchestra in Sydney and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, there's twenty something or other studio albums. Yep. Yep. There's about five hundred songs altogether. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Twenty twenty studio eight live and about twenty four compilation albums and that one yeah, you twenty four did... compilations. Yeah. Twenty four compilations. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. See, I'm I'm chasing all your uh, studio albums and and I've probably got out of the twenty four, I've probably got about twenty of them, I reckon. And there's just a couple oh, that yeah. I just can't get. You know what I mean? Like your early days, right. for example. Um, there was... Uh, well, there was only only uh, two thousand uh, uh, of the one a couple of the albums. I think the first album was only about two thousand printed. Yeah, and I think they reprinted. If 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 you find an old man emu album with a with a, a colour picture on the back, that's okay. that's uh, the rarest of all because they they reproduced it with a black and white picture on the back. Okay, and uh, so that they're the 
original, yeah. But uh, anyway, that's I, all history. I'm gonna there I'm, weren't that many good songs on the album. <laughs> yeah. Look, your, your Melly Boy album was the one that got me. Like that's just like every every song on there's a hit. It's an incredible album. Like I can't I can't get over that one. And of course, once I heard it and I bought it, I just thought, hey, now I've got to start getting into everything else you've done. And and every <laughs> every other one's the same. That one with the symphony. Now I just I heard that just the other day, and I actually I was so impressed with it because I absolutely love the orchestration and everything. I actually went out and ordered the blessed thing straight away. So. What was it like playing at the Opera House? Because I've seen you so many times in concert or in performance, and you sort of yeah. sit there. You're very laid back. You got your you, you, you've got your little campfire burning in front of you. What was it like at the Opera House with a big orchestra? Oh, pretty nerve wracking. Because with with the symphony orchestra, you only get one run through, so we had to run through in the afternoon, and then I was on, you know, like that evening. Wow. So uh, it was pretty. Uh, I, I don't think I could do it anymore. I, you know, I think I had my nerves at a certain point at that stage. But um, but uh, the adrenaline was up, and that's, I think the first song I sang was uh, my effort to write a, an anthem for Australia, and that was uh, Island of Oceans. That's I'm, right. I'm just, real, just recently, uh, I believe in the song so much, I'm going to get a, a, a some footage to go with it because I think um, I'd like that song to be pushed a bit bit more than it has been. Yes. But, uh, yeah, working with August, we, we made a bit of a fun out of it. When I first came on, the August, they were all in, in um, black suits, you know, like uh, the giggles, uh, what do you call them, uh, formal suits yes, with black tie. Right. Yep, yep, yep. And I came on with a William shirt, and the second half, I came on with a black tie and suit, and they all came on with Aaron, Aaron <laughs> Williams. <laughs> <laughs> the second half. So that was something we'd organised as a bit of a joke, you know. Okay. But, uh, I, I I had everything quiet, fairly quiet in my ears, so I wouldn't feel too much different to what I'm used to, you know. Yes. I could hear my guitarist next to me, and um, and that was about it. So, you know, I, otherwise I think it would have thrown me a bit too much. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's look, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant recording. It's fantastic. Thank those orchestrations. It is popular that one. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Now, what about the the Hey True Blue? Now. That you got um, a vocalist of the year for that, didn't you? Back in nineteen ninety two, where did that come from? Because that's just an anthem. That's for every Australian that 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 walks on the planet. Did did that just come to you one day? I mean, I think sometimes some some people think it's the only song I've ever written. I think, but no, anyway, uh, no way. Um, that, no, it was John Singleton who was. You know, the advertising guru at the time. Yes, and I I, I knew him anyway, but. I, I wrote wrote True Blue in '83 for him for a TV program because he he knocked off advertising for three years. Part of the deal was that he wouldn't go back into advertising for the three years after he sold his company, right. and he went back then. Of course, made millions and almost in one year straight away. But um, he had this a show called True Blue um, Aussies, and he asked me to write a song called True Blue. That was about all he gave me. So I sat down and if you listen to the lyrics, it's me while I'm writing the song, I'm asking myself, what is it? You know, is it me and you? Is it mum and dad? Yep. You know, what is it? And uh, it has struck a chord, yeah. It sure has. It's been sung. At, it's used as funerals as, as well as sporting <laughs> days, you know. It's, 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 it's funny how, how it works both ways. 
Well, it's such a, it's such an iconic song. I mean, you know, would you tie it up with wire just to keep the show on the road? I mean, that's what that's what sort of outback Aussies are like, isn't it? They run around in broken yeah. down old cars and they'll fix them up with whatever to keep keep doing what they have to do. You know, it's well, they've got it because you're a long way from my garage. Absolutely <laughs> right. Absolutely right. Look, John, yeah. there's so many things I'd love to ask you. I don't know how much time you've got, but. You've got. You've oh, yeah, got... I feel, bro. Just relax a bit, mate. I just go for it. Okay, like twenty-six <laughs> golden guitars. I've got a wine in my left hand. Oh. <laughs> I'll have to call my long-eared assistant see if she can sneak me in a bourbon. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Look, twenty-six golden trophy country music awards. Like, wow, how that, that must make you feel so proud. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know, I have. I'm, there's others that are well ahead of me now, but I. It's, to me, the the biggest awards are when you sell the albums. You know, yes, if they sell well, and people turning up at my shows. That's that's all you can ask, really. <clears throat> you know, we've, we've unfortunately had to uh, postpone quite a few sold out shows when this damn virus turned up. Yes, but uh, thankfully everyone's held onto their tickets, so we'll be uh, doing them all next year. When I was going to quieten down a bit next year, it looks like I'm. That's got to be this year. Well, that's right. I remember I, the last gig I saw you at was January of this year, and that was at the Windsor RSL Club. And I was oh, okay. I was chatting with you there when you were signing merch and doing a bit of a meet and greet after the show, and you said that you were gonna you were gonna start winding down, and you were just gonna focus on maybe doing ten shows a year, and of course you'd continue doing your shows at the shed. And then yeah. you thought you were just going to sort of not actually retire, but slow it right down. I mean, at the way it is right now, right at this present, it's like you've been retired because you haven't been <laughs> able to do anything. So, so how are you finding it? Is it like are you bored to death, or you just fo- what are you focusing uh, I'm, on? I'm not. I'm not. Well, I'm, I'm living in, I think, the best, one of the best places you could possibly live in the country. You know, it's, I've, I've got a cottage on a on a ridge. Of, if you stand on the roof, I can see the Pacific, but I'm more interested looking at the bush to the west. So I overlook the Numabar Valley. Yes. And uh, we see just the most magnificent sunrise, sunsets, I should say, every night. And eagles flying past, etc., etc. I'm into birds, always have been. Yes. And um, I've got a, enough land to pay farmers, you know. I, I still slash a bit of grass, and I'm not buying any cattle at the moment because they're too expensive. But right. It would only take 20 probably 20,000 carbs anyway, but that, that'd be more or less a hobby. But, um, I, uh, and I, I, I like working with rocks and stuff because there's a lot of, there's good timber there and there's, there's lots of rocks to play with. And, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm as happy as a pig in, as you'd say. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and do you, you, I notice on this box set, we'll get to the box set in a minute. Cause I don't want to get to that. Cause I feel once I get to the box set, but then we've done it all. You know what I mean? I'm trying to hang on to that till later. Um, but inside that box set, just just one thing. There's a lot of sketches on all the on all the albums. Now you do all that yourself, all that sketching. Yeah, yeah. I've I've, I've been drawing longer than I've been. I've, I've picked up the ukulele when I was seven, but I was drawing before that. So, so uh, yeah, I've always sketched just the way muck around with it. Never never seriously. Yes. You know, I. Uh, as soon as I get serious, I'm no good at it, you know. Okay. <laughs> but uh, now I've done a few landscapes and stuff over the years, and, uh, and I had a lot of fun with it. You know, what happens? If we've got an apartment in, this, in, in the city, and as soon as I start getting bored in the city, I, I grab a, a pen and pen, uh, you know, a, a pad and pencil on the way I go. You never know what's going to happen. But so, uh, I may get further into it as I as I go 
do less music, you know. Yes. I, I, the other answer I wanted to give you is that, like a lot of people, I think when you when you go on a kind of a retirement, forced retirement like this, you wonder whether you, you're going to be able to get back into it. But, uh, yeah, you know, especially in my business, you know, I have to get the voice going again. But I've been picking up the guitar a bit more lately. Yes. And I've written an opening song for when I do go back, and it's all about we've come through this... this um, Virus, you know. Oh, so, really? and it'd be great, great to see you all again, and we'll be missing you. And just a little opening song, which would be nice to um, to sing. So that if I write a song, it keeps it going. It's fun to work on it, you know. So, writing a song is it something you have to sit down? I know, I know, you like to write the lyrics and play the music at the same time. So you've, you've always got your guitar with you. So is it is it something yeah. you have to think about, or do you just start strumming and then? You know, words come into your head. What What's the writing process for you? Oh, well, it's, it's usually both together, really. Once once I've come up with an idea, then I'll grab the guitar and see what what melody goes with with the mood of the song. You know, to, to me, it's, that's why lyrics should be first because you know I have the songs where I've written the, the tune and and I had the lyrics and I married the two together. But most of the time, uh, the lyrics actually give you an idea whether if it's a sad song whether you use um, minor chords etc and uh, and if it's a happy song you know the rhythm goes with the happiness you're on the mood of the song how the melody goes I, I often listen to my uh, the melody in my conversation if I actually say them say the lyrics it'll give me some idea of um, the emotion in it and uh, how the melody should go and hopefully it's a melody I haven't written before or somebody hasn't, else hasn't written before. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Look, the, the, the songs that you write, though, they, they really are. Because I've, I've, in fact, the songs that you've written have inspired me. I, I travel a lot. I've got a caravan and I do a lot of travelling okay. and I hear about your songs, you know, and I think, gosh, I'd like to go there, you know what I mean? I'd like to go to Uluru, which I did. I went there last year, and I'd love to go oh, to... Everybody should go to Uluru. Everybody should do that. Every kid should go to Uluru. That might, might make a difference to how they feel about their country if they did. Yes. It's, it, look, Walk it, around it. Walk it, around it, yeah. Absolutely. And the Olgas, it's it's just... It's it's yeah. an incredible experience. Stuff. It is indeed. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's been the centre of life, you know, for thousands of years, as you know. Like, that's... And I think it should become more of a centre of life for all Australians, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you're also a conservationist, aren't you, John? Because I, I noticed yeah. you, you wrote the, you wrote a couple of songs. You wrote um, Rip Rip Woodship. That was all about, the you know, the logging. And you did Goodbye Blinky Bill, um, which is all about our koala. There, river, a, a, river cry, a river crying out as well. Pigs on the river, yes, indeed. So, yeah, uh, you know, when you love this country like I do, you you become concerned with, you know, are we losing the nature of it? You know, to me, the nature of this country is our greatest heritage, and uh, if you ruin that, you ruin what it is to be Australian, as far as I'm concerned. Put it in a nutshell. Do you feel as if we are? Do you feel as if we are sort of, I guess, the, the youth, the younger people of Australia? Do you feel we are losing our heritage oh, a bit? Uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I think a, a conservative person in the bush now would, would probably be looked as a greenie, but it's 30 years ago. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? I think, I think we've changed without knowing it, to be quite honest. Right. And farmers... A lot of farmers on it, including, you know, I've still got a brother on the land. He, he cares about the bush he's got. You know, I, I think probably, you know, I've had an influence on the way he thinks as well. But he, 
you know, you, you turn around and you say, Dude, you know, there used to be a, a, a forest of galahs over in the corner there. We should leave it leave it as it is. We, you know, otherwise we can do, well, I think a lot of uh, a lot of the wheat country in America, so I talk about wheat country because that's where I came from, but yes. in America where everything's just been wiped out completely, you turned the whole thing into a big plane, well, where's the character, you know? I, I like to go drive through Brigalow country, you know, Coolabar country, you know, like I think all those things are important for the for the character, the romance of the of the country, you know. Yes, indeed, indeed. You don't want to be all look the same. No, certainly not. I mean, I I do a lot of travelling around Australia, and I was talking to a chap. He's just he just travels overseas, and and he said to me, "Why do you waste your time driving around Australia?" And I, I go, "Mate, this is the greatest country in the world." And he goes, "Oh, all it is is a straight road and bush and a few rocks," and it's like. You're not opening yeah. your eyes. You're not seeing no. what's there. You know, I think it is no, the greatest country in the world. You know, oh, the bush. If you're into the bush, then, you know the trees and stuff. You you can see a different country all the time as you're going along. You know, yeah, absolutely. Like the Newell Highway through through parks, the Newell Highway right up the guts because we I knew that road well because we moved from Cornwall below the Murray River up to Moree on that road. A lot most of it was gravel. And I, I got to know all the different countries you go through. You got Pilliga Scrub, and you know you got Bla Country, you got Brigalow Country, further south. Uh, you know you got your big river country, big river gum stuff. You know it's yep. all interesting. You know, and I think that's why the stock route up that Newell Highway is so important because uh, it does. It's, there is still a cross section of or, or uh, remnants of what the bush was like in the old days. You know, all the way along. Yes. Yes. So you do you do are you you used to do a lot of sort of ch- riding around in in your car for charity work. Um, oh, I still do the bash. Yeah, yeah, the bash. Yeah, that's was, what I was thinking of. The bash. Yeah, Meg, my, my wife Meg's done twenty, and I, I've done about twelve. Okay. We met. We met. Um, you know, the twenty years back, and um, she carried on, and it was I was a guest for variety to do that show, and. Uh, and she was on the first one she did, and she fell in love with the bash and kept going with it. And uh, once we got together, we got we uh, we started doing it together again later on. Yeah, well, Variety named you Entertainer of the Year, didn't they? Around about nineteen eighty nine, I right. think. Oh no, I've got the <laughs> <laughs> no, I've done my homework, John. I've done my homework. <laughs> you have done, you have done your homework. That, that was the, that was the same that was the same year you had Warrigal and. Um, yeah, that was your first number one album. Uh, yeah, it might have been too. Um, Valley Boy wasn't far off. Uh, oh, Valley Boy sold more than Warrigal, so number one doesn't necessarily mean that's, they yeah. stay number one for long. But well, that's, was number one. Yeah. that's right. Well, that, We're talking about area charts, not not just country charts. No, no, that's to, right. To that's get right. Out, yeah, to get a country album on top of the pop charts is, is pretty unusual. Yeah. Yes, Yes, well, look, I don't know if it'd be unusual for you because your music's so diverse. I mean, one minute you're talking about somebody blowing in the bag behind a tree, and 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 next minute you're singing about galleries of pink galahs and and cootamundra wattles, and uh, I, I can't un, I can't believe how you've you know you've got all these funny songs, and I love the funny songs as well. Bill the cat and the budgie song cost me fifty bucks to. Fix me, budgie, when the rotten blighter only cost me five. But then you got yeah. such incredible lyrics. Like, 
for example, you know, you and my guitar, you say in there that you learned to play the ukulele when you were seven and uh, and then you went on to the, the guitar and, and you self-taught yourself to play the harmonica. Um, your fingers were too lazy for piano. Did you really want to play or did your parents want you to play piano or was it just that part of a lyric in that song? No, no, no. They, they wanted because they both uh, had trained voices even though they were weak, like, you know, family of a week where I was, but they loved music. I, if, if Dad, you know, my, my father, they're both gone now, but they, he often imagined he might have taken on the wheel. I'm glad he didn't because he was a damn good farmer. Yes. And I'm, much, I'm, I'm so much happier having a farmer as a, a dad than a, and probably <laughs> a, 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 a tenor probably would have died very, died out very quickly because that whole genre he was singing was pretty short-lived, you know. Yes. You know, once, anyway. That's the the pop industry started after that and all that, but um, yeah, they had their voices trained and they used to sing a lot of duets at, at all sorts of occasions. Never got paid or anything, but no. they were known for that. Mm-hmm. And they would have loved me to play to to accompany them on piano, right? All their songs were piano yes. backed, you know. So uh, they thought that was a good idea, but I wasn't that into it. Yes, I, I just didn't find the piano interesting at all. Okay, I, it's kind of a mech- I think you've got to have a bit of a mechanical mind to play a piano, <laughs> and you've got to you've got to get all those little dots that come through your head down through your fingers, you know. And I, yeah. And I thought no. but Dad played banjo, so I was more into that, more into the rhythm, uh, you know. And as it turned out, that's all I really needed when I started writing songs was rhythm, you know, rhythm yes. chords. Yep. Uh, I'll leave the fancy, uh, you know, uh, guitar playing. You know, I can I can play a bit of guitar, but I but you know when it comes to guitar solos, I leave it up to somebody else. Yep, yep. Well, I got a I got a Except couple. Of... you on my guitar, I played a solo on you on my guitar. <laughs> it's a it's a great song. I've, I've and I've got all your books. It tells us all the backstories behind the songs, like Wrinkles. That's another fantastic song. Galleries of Pink Galars. Um, Cut him under a wattle. I mean, is there any one? Yes, Bill, have you interviewed me before? I beg your pardon. Have you interviewed me before? No, I haven't. No, why do you say no, that? To no, me? I can see you've been been building up to this. I can tell. Oh, this is <laughs> look having you on the show. I, I mean, I, I people may say to you all the time, you probably get tired of hearing it, but for me, it was a great honour to have you on the show. I love your music. I love what you stand for in this country. The, uh, the you know you. The, the music you write, the things you do, you're conservationist, you, you care about the land. I've seen you in concert. I see the way, I see how it, it pours out of you. <laughs> so to have you on, yeah. for me, is, it was just unbelievable. I couldn't believe I was actually going to... Oh, well, I, I hope there's a few listening to you, mate. you got a good audience. How are we, out there? Oh, yes, we got a, we got a lot of people that are tuned in. There's a, there's a group of people in Woiwoi that are tuned in to me every single week, and when I said I was going to get you on... They all started sending me thumbs up saying, that guy is an icon, he's a legend, fantastic. Party Central, Chris and Mark from Party Central. (laughs) Absolutely. Hi, Chris and Mark. Yeah, look, I I, I work at Central Coast, of course, that I have over the years, different places. Yep. Yeah, anyway. Yep. So I've got a couple of questions. A couple of the uh, listeners wrote wrote in and asked me, they said, um, whose idea was it to make – the because we'll get on to your we'll get on to your box set now. Um, fifty years one or fifty years is winding back. They're small CDs, twenty five little CDs. Was that your idea? Yeah. Was that your record company's no, idea? No, no, no. They've done it. Be- they did it before, I think, with um, Kylie. I think 
award. And I said that that was the one they probably don't know what that was, but they said they did one for Kylie and it was very successful. Kylie yes. Minogue. Yes. And uh, and I got to tell you, folks, it's the listing that it your CD player in your home. I'm not sure about your car, but in your home, it has a has a space for a smaller CD in, in the middle. You don't, I didn't realise it myself, you know. I mean, yes. I'm in the older age group, I didn't realise. I mean, they were singles, I suppose, there's one. But you can uh, slot the little ones in the middle. Correct. But there's more to it than that. You've got the little sketches and, and it's oh. quite cute. The little box is quite, quite cute. It's only, uh, in the old language, it's only about uh, four and a half inches square. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't got to take measure in here, John. I'll have to take your word for that. But I've got to yeah. tell you, the reason why I bought the CD, apart from or the box set, apart from being a collector, because you can imagine, apart from you know the the, the new song that you wrote for it, um, I've probably yeah, I, I'd have every song yeah. on this on this presentation. I would have every song on it. But the reason yeah, so why would you buy it? You think? <laughs> well, that's exactly right. And this is why I was asking you: was it something that? Um, you thought of from or, or Warner, whoever, from a marketing point of view, because I bought this box because of its presentation. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of a collector thing, you know. I mean, definitely. I've, obviously, all the songs I've, you know, I've, I've released them on all sorts of things. That's what what happens to record companies. They they turn them over and uh, and they ask me to try and pair some off, you know, like you know, Keeper of the Stones and Raining on the Rocker together, you yep, know. So. Yep. They asked me to pair them off, and I had to also try to come up with drawings that went with certain songs, so that influenced a little bit too, but it's a bit of fun, you know. i I, I got no idea uh, how it'll go or, um, or how it's been going, to be quite honest. I've been out of touch a bit. Right. Yeah. Well, I think I think I'm, I'm very pleased you're telling everybody about oh, it. Oh, mate, I'm, I'm I've been playing your music. I play your music every week. I play a song of yours at least once a week because you know it is all about my program is nothing but Australian and all yeah, all right. all genres. And the program's called Flashback for the reason being that I, I like to play music of people that are, that were around in the '60s and '70s. Like for example, I got Lonnie Lee on the program in two weeks. Oh, Oh, yeah, I met Lonnie Lee years ago. Yeah, go on. Yeah, so I, so I, is he so, still around? Yeah, oh, absolutely. He got new. He's actually has a new. He's still around. He it, the COVID things like everything's knocked him on the head in relation to performing and touring like yourself. But he's got a new album out, which he had he had out last year, um, yeah. called uh, Back to Basics. So, mm. I mean, you know, the the program's about people like yourself that you like. Your first hit was in 1970, but here you are in 2020, 50 years later. And you and you've wrote a new song called "Those Fifty Years," and when you're ready to perform again, you've got a new song ready to hit the stage with. So, I like to keep people like you in everyone's in everyone's mind because I think if it wasn't for people like you and Slim Dusty, and because I remember I met Billy Thorpe one day and I was talking to Billy and and his uh, keyboard player Warren Morgan was actually touring with Billy Thorpe. And I, mm. uh, no, sorry, touring with Slim Dusty. And I said to, I said to Bill, what is Warren Morgan doing with Slim Dusty? My goodness. And he was very defensive of Slim Dusty. And he said, don't knock the Slim. If it wasn't for blokes like him, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing, you know? So yeah, yeah. I, I. Yeah, well, Billy Thorpe was very Australian. You know, you don't think of it that way. But when you think about it, he didn't really, he didn't really 
come up with music for the world really was it was it was Australian, you know. Mm. I thought these stuff, you know, compared to a lot of them who were, were aiming them, seem to be that straight away aiming to make it in the world. Yep, and which means you have to have to try and get rid of your accent. But uh, you know, um, I've never bothered with that. No, but, uh, you, if you can make a living like Slim has and yes. Buddy Williams and yes. Stan Coster and Chad Morgan, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. my heroes. Absolutely. And were they? Would you say that they were your inspirations for some of your songs? And I know Rolf, well, the, Rolf Harris was sort well, of they, their yep. success was what inspired me more than anything, mate. You know, okay. like they uh, they proved you could you could uh, stay in this in a in this country and uh, and make a living out of it. That that was important to me. I I, I visited Nashville and all that once. I visited I did a couple of tours. Overseas, um, but I realised my music wasn't aimed at those people, you know. No. Uh, you know, so it, it didn't matter to me. You know, it was uh, a, a big frog in a little puddle worked all right for me. <laughs> well, you sold four million albums in this country, so you're doing something right. Most of the five now. I five, think around that five. Five yeah. million albums now. See, all right, I have to sacrifice. So, uh, you know, that's all you, you don't really need much. I, I didn't really want to be a world star. I would be really. Being a star is not a big deal. It's, I just I, I wanted to write songs for my people because I wasn't hearing them okay. for myself. You know, I didn't hear them as a kid. I was hearing all this American stuff. You know. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, that was the reason. The Hillbilly Hour, which had you know, Slim and, and uh, all his peers, but you know, you didn't get much on much of really Australian stuff at all, unless it was novelty. You know. Yes. Yes. So, so the box set you you've done all the sketches in it, and and um, yeah, there's even there's even some um, miniature versions of uh, a couple of landscapes on there as well. Yep, there that is. aren't just sketches; they're they're serious paintings. Yeah, absolutely. And you do the paintings. Yeah, well, every 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 drawing is mine. Yeah, every wow. painting or drawing. Yeah, incredible. This so is. I a... think there's uh, there's extra ones on the on the box on the outside as well. There are <laughs> there are indeed. Uh, as I there's said... a weird one on the bottom. There's a weird one underneath. I don't know. I did this funny sketch. You you have to describe it. I'm it's, looking. It's... I'm looking at it now. Actually, what is it? Um, it's a, <laughs> it's a sort of a. Is it a man? It's it's got like a. I don't, I don't know. know. It came up when I was just sketching, and I, I started doing a whole lot of wine netting things. I actually. One of my sketches I did um, King Street in Sydney, uh, where every everything is wine netting, and including the cars, the people. <laughs> okay. So, well, oh. I mean, art, art, art. If it's interesting, it's that's what it is, you know. Yes, indeed, indeed. All right, John, I've got another question for you. There was a, there was a, there was a one of one of your fans um, has asked me because he's got the uh, We Love This Country album. And on the front of the cover, you're sitting on a ca- on like on the on the entrance to a caravan with your guitar, and on the back you've got a you're standing in front of a caravan. And the, the person says, "Does John own a caravan? And does he travel a lot this country in a caravan? And if he does, where would he go? What would he? What would you be your preferred place to go if you only had two weeks in Australia?" Well, I haven't got a caravan. No, I really haven't um, given myself that space. But I I did. The only time I actually hired a, a mobile, you know, van, whatever you call them, uh, I, I went from Broome across across to Darwin, and that was one of the best trips you could do. You know, part of it was on the Gibb River Road. Yes. But that Kimberley area, it's like it's 
it's like another place altogether, you know. I, I think if you've never if you never travelled anywhere in Australia, I'd recommend that other than Uluru and all, and, you know, the centre. Yes. But but from the the Pilbara, which is you know um, the Pilbara, all up, the, the northern coast of West Australia up to Broome and then around all the way to Darwin, mm-hmm. you won't find anything more interesting than that. I can tell you. Yeah. And that's when I wrote Old Parts and Caravan Parts. <laughs> I've got that album as well. I wanted to ask you about that. Old Farts in Caravan Parks. My my other half's parents live in Tasmania. They'll be listening to us right now, actually. They, they, they are old farts who like to travel a lot in the caravan I, parks. <laughs> um, well, I am too now, but I'm not going to admit that. No. Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, it's it's probably not for everybody. I, you, you kind of think that you – do you still do a lot of that? Because I know when you used to do the, the – you know, for variety, you'd be sleeping in swags and tents, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, no, I don't, don't do too much of that. We'd slept in the one night because there wasn't, wasn't enough accommodation, but it depends how clever you are to get in quick to get a motel when they tell you where we're going. Uh-huh, really? You, know, you, get, you get five or six people on the phone to make sure you get something. Oh, there's no pref- yeah. there's no preferential treatment for you, John. You can't just ring him up and go, "Oh, this is John Williamson." Well, if there was, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crikey! All right, fair enough. Um, but anyway, yeah, but uh, but you know, there might be the three or four star motels. It doesn't matter. But but as I said, that, that trip that I took up up through the Kimberley, uh, that was just. Just with a hired motorhome, you know, and, uh, but but I still spent most of it outside, you know. Like I still like to have the campfire and cook over the fire, you know. Not yeah. in, I don't think we used to stay once. Indeed, it's the only way to go. Actually, if you can if you can light a fire yeah. and sit under the stars and just yeah sit there and yeah. meditate. But so I you... do that all the time up, up in the mountains here anyway. Absolutely. So I've got it all there. I, if I wanted to, I could take. Go and camp on the block, <laughs> <laughs> and pretend and pretend you're in a different part of Australia. Now, what yep. about how do you feel? This is another question. How do you feel about being so recognised? It's like you're the voice for a lot of people. You're the voice of Australia, and you're such a recognisable person. Do you? Obviously, you don't get mobbed in the street where you live, but I mean, do people no, come up to you? Well, and, I think I think that's the great thing about Australia. You know, Americans. Americans have have their tall poppies. Australia don't, you know. Like uh, you can sneak, I can sneak around Australia pretty easily without being spotted, you know. Well, but but the thing is, when Aussies do spot you, they're I think they're a bit more well mannered about it. They yeah. don't go stupid. Yes. They, don't, they don't go stupid like they do. Like my my daughter Georgie was in America for a few years as a as a fashion designer, and they sure she she looked like. Um, I can't remember an actress anyway. Yes. And she used to get mobbed all the time, you know, like people mm-hmm. would come up and ask her and chase her. You know, the Americans are like that. But I, th- I think our our tall poppy syndrome is a good thing. I think, it, you know, it, 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 no one thinks themselves better than anybody else here. You know, or if you think you are, you better prove it, put it that way. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think the old word being fair dinkum is about sneaking around. And, and, and I don't think, I don't think I want to be recognised. That, that it's a lack of freedom. Yes. You know, I've, I've been tempted or thought about writing a song called "I Don't Want to Be Elvis." Okay. Or I don't want to be John Lennon. I don't want to be Jesus Christ because, well, look what happens to them. You know, they, yeah. it, it kills them eventually. Yes. Well, though Elvis, 
kind of, yeah, the pressure of being and, Elvis. Uh, Princess and, Di, Princess Di is another example. That's yeah. when you lose your freedom, the yes. fame, basically. Yes. You wouldn't want Michael to, Jackson. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to be in that situation, actually. I mean, being famous nah. is one thing, but the pressure that comes along with it and the lack of privacy. I mean, look at the, look at some of the royals, you know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a royalist, yeah. but, I mean, you know, they got, they got paparazzi kilometres yeah, away with Prince, his... That's right. Why Prince Harry cleared off, he couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. I understand exactly why he did that. Yep, yep. Now, I, I, if anyone comes up to me and says, look, I'm big fan, I just people in the eye and you can sneak around. Yep. People don't notice. Okay, so even in your own... And I'm probably, I've, I've probably got older since they all last saw me and they don't realise it's me anyway, so... Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've... You, you, we all age, but I don't think you've you've changed. I mean, obviously you've gotten older, but I still would recognise. I think it's more the voice, mate. If I go out and order a coffee, they say, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> oh. When I talk, when they talk, I'm more likely to be recognised. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Now I've got to ask you: you've changed some of the words in you about about the dingo, and what yeah. a, what about raining on the rock? Because on Mally Boy, raining on the rock's got. Um, um, That's Uluru. Po- Uluru has power. Yeah. And then when I when I met when I recorded it again with Warren with Warren William yeah. Warren Williams from Hermsburg, who yeah. is Aboriginal, of yes. course. He uh, and wish- yeah. Said, and then there was wishing and dreaming with with Warren. Yeah. Well, I use both now. I, I live. I I mention postcard yeah. first, then go to wish wishing and dreaming, okay. which is it, yeah. That's the, ab- the, the the Aboriginal sort of, yeah. I guess, the dreaming, yeah. the dream time. Yeah. So that's yeah. where that came from. Fantastic stuff. Very so, pardon? It's very subtle because the first time I heard it, because I, I hadn't heard the live recording, uh, you know, the one you did with him. And um, um, I'm trying to think of the other chap, the fiddle player. Um, pick, pick. Uh, pardon? Pixie. Yes, Pixie. Because oh, I've got the mates on the with, with your mates and the three of you are recording, um, yes. and that's when I realised there was a lyric change. Because I was I'm so used to hearing "Wishing on a Postcard" that you were here with me and "Wishing and Dreaming." I thought, yeah. "Hang on, what's going on here?" But that was because of your, your relationship with Warren. But uh, yeah. But anyway, the other one you're bound to mention is I changed. I took Vegemite out of True Blue. You took which one? Sorry. Because- I took Vegemite out of True Blue. Yes, you did. That was my next question. You must have been I knew it was. I, I thought that was going to be a first. Yep, okay. But that, i got to tell you now, because Vegemite was owned by Kraft at the time, and and they were eligible for the Buy Australian campaign, okay. which True Blue was used for, right. and they wouldn't put any money into it. So I, John Singleton and I both got pretty annoyed with that, and I said, well, next time I'll record it, and... Ever since then, I haven't used Vegemite in the show either. I, no. I either use, or he'll be right, or Mighty Mike. Uh, Mighty Mike's an Australian yes, company it is. for three threes who uh, who have always been good sponsors of my bass shoot in the variety. Fantastic. For variety, you know. Fantastic. So uh, sometimes I'll throw in Mighty Mike, but mainly it's, or he'll be right. Yeah. He'll be right. Yep, he will he'll be, be right. right. And or so, she'll be right. Or so. she'll be right, and she'll be right. And so will you, mate. And this box this box collection, 1970, 2020, this is obviously not going to be the end of your music, is it? I mean, you're always, you've, you've just said, you've just no, written. No, I said I've written. I've written another one for some shows, and I'll, I'll record it too, for sure. Yep. 
Yeah. Now, what about the Brumbies? You know the situation with the Brumbies because I know you're I know you're a conservationist and you you did the one yeah. for Blinky Bill. What do you think of that situation? Lastly, well, Brumbies aren't a native animal. No, <laughs> they, but they've on, sort I of. Look, I haven't I haven't I haven't gone into um, into that. You know, I'm in the middle there. I, you know, if the Brumbies are actually ruining ruining the uh, the, the land, bush there, the bush, yep. yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you know, I guess culling. Has to happen. I know horse lovers hate it. Yes. So I haven't got into that one. I I think Slim actually uh, supported the Brumbies, but right. that that's a fairly fairly on the edge issue. That one. Yeah. I, you know, I, um, I know we've got our whalers, which probably came from Brumbies. Yep. Yep. But uh, they're, they're uh, you know, I I I've got no problem with the Brumbies if they're on a, on land that's breeding Brumbies. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I suppose. I suppose. Uh, like- it's a bit like the grazing of. Of the high country, it's it's a hard one. That one, I I haven't studied it enough to really have a a, a, a strong issue about it. But uh, you know, I, I, as I said, I think our greatest heritage is is our, is our natural bush, yes. and what, it's what makes Australia unique to itself. Yes. And uh, we've just got to be careful with it. You know, absolutely, we do indeed. Absolutely, it, it kind of saddens me to think of what's happening with rivers where they're damming them up and. Channeling water into oh, and, the bu- and the bushfires. What imagine what the bushfires have done to our koalas? Well, yes, you know? yes. Well, actually, I, I heard I heard a news report the other day about the koalas, and they, they they were saying if we don't do something seriously by, you know, in the next twenty years they'll be extinct. There'll be no koalas. Well, I don't. Yeah, they won't be extinct because I got I got a koala hangs around our house up here in yeah. the mountains. You know. Yep. Yep. Well, they'll be they'll be in such small numbers. I I I, I, yeah, I, I yeah. suppose, and they won't. Well, hopefully, they won't. Exist. It won't be as widespread. But they used to be out of Cropper Creek. There are still a few, even out of Moree, you know. So mm. we've slightly but surely obviously wiped out a lot of koala country. Yes. But uh, you know, I just got to make sure we don't wipe that completely. You know. Yep. Yep. All right, John. Yeah, mate. I, I I'm going to go and pour another wine, and I. I you probably haven't got any more questions. No, I haven't. I just want to congratulate you on you this. There. On this, on well, they were from the listeners, you see. So you you do have a listening base. You said you hope you got a few listeners, and this is going up on my podcast. So anybody that's missed it, I'll just direct them to the podcast. All so right, they can, they can hear you. Well, and if all they the best were, to your listeners, all the best to your listeners, and tell them to stay healthy and and uh, and take notice that this virus is a serious thing. It's not a joke. No. And, no. Uh, and I also feel very much for anyone who's suffering from the bushfires or drought. You know, it's just, uh, it, this country is a land of the battles, and I'm, I'm convinced that that's why Walsh and Matildas will always be our number one song, because it is about the battler, you know. Yes. Yes, indeed. All right, John. Well, look, I appreciate your time, my friend. We've been chatting for about 30, 35, 40 minutes or something, and I do yeah, have mate. a tendency. My, my other half said I would talk underwater with a mouthful of marbles. You've been extremely patient with me <laughs> and my listeners, and I just want to thank you so much. I'll, I'll let you go now so you can have another wine and uh, sit back and relax with your lovely lady, and I'll, and I'll just uh, take yeah. you out with those 50 years. Right, mate. Yeah, well, I've actually, I'm a guest at some friends' place, so I thought I'd better get back to them anyway. Okay. So it's been fun talking to you, Phil, and uh, you keep playing Australian music, mate. Absolutely will, my friend. You take care and thank you so much, John. Good my evening pleasure, to mate. you Bye. and your, good evening to you and your guests. Thanks, mate. Bye. See you, mate. Bye.